Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working Class Bowhunter podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. I think I left about 4 No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding <laughs> getting ready for this deer to stand up. So. Glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. <laughs> See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> that one that one arrow cost me $33,000. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit and it's like oh no it fired you know crap i knew as soon as it left it was just a little high but he came right out in the field made a scrape right in the cornfield started grunting walked 30 yards made another scrape you're listening to the working class bow hunter that's right this is the podcast for billy joe lunch bucket the working man just like me and you my name's travis t-bone turner from the bone collector thank you for tuning in Episode number, if you're working, man, it's a Buick 88, or Oldsmobile 88. Ah, I messed that up already. <laughs> that was going to go somewhere. Of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, we are here at 1600 Buck Slayer Place, right here in gorgeous, lovely, at all times of the year, Sherrard, Illinois, the Buckatorium. This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Super happy to be here. How you guys doing? Are you asking us or the listeners? Both. I'm doing real good. That was a real open-ended question. <laughs> I'm doing real good for almost dying yesterday. Didn't really yeah, almost he die. almost died. Yeah, that I'm, was nuts. I'm allergic to the city. <laughs> I, I go to Chicago for one day, come back, and I'm broke out in hives, and I don't know what the hell is wrong with me, and I had to go to the emergency room. But Well, uh, well that's Kurt breaking out in hives for you. You're right. So uh, Chicago, well, I can do without. We'll just say that being nice. Uh, yeah. It's a concrete jungle, man, and... Uh, Everyone, because we're in Illinois, everyone thinks we're from Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Oh, how far from Chicago are you? Uh, not far enough. Yeah. yeah exactly. My taxes still, re- my property taxes still reflect that city. <laughs> Three and a, two and a half hours away. Um, dude, we've, uh, we, <laughs> what I don't know, that? I don't know, man. I, You've lost I, wa- I wanted to go somewhere, but I got lost. You know, uh, we get, we, we don't do a podcast for one day and I get all thrown off. Um, you yeah. know what? I just I need to focus. I need to just see better. I need to focus. Focus on the target at hand. You know what the best way to do that is? Hashtag single pin nation. Very nice. Transition. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to focus on a target, you want to hit it. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go to your local archery shop and you're going to say, "Look, I need that HHA site." And the Botex going to look at you and they're going to give you a nod and they're going to say, you're going to kill some deer this year. And yeah, that's why I asked for an HHA. So, uh, HHAsports.com, go through, go pick out what site you want. Cause this is probably going to be the only site you're ever going to need. Uh, we all shoot the optimizer. It is true though. With a lifetime warranty, dude, yep. lifetime warranty, everything. And if you want to support the state of Wisconsin, this is the site for you. Very down to earth company, down to earth people. And 
good products. Lots of choices too. Yeah, I was there was lots of choices. Yeah, there was. Yeah, a lot of options, tons of options. But you can't really ask for a whole lot more. But like yeah. American Company, lifetime warranty, tons of options, great quality. I mean, I don't know what else do you want. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you start asking. You know, everybody's always, oh well, I want it in a dovetail. Cool, they got the optimizer in a dovetail. Or you want to hunt and set up. Cool. Well, that's Everyone's what like, gonna, that's what we're hunting with this year. So. Yeah, the the, the dovetail, dovetail and. Everybody's like, well, I need a smaller uh, pin yep. size. Well, guess what? They got that, too. Yep. And that dovetail, you can suck that sight into your bow riser as far as you want, like a normal sight. And you can pl- that's what I like about it. There's so many options where you can go from having it look like a, you know, just a regular distance bow sight, or you can stretch it way out on that dovetail and play around with that and, you know, just see what works Get for you. housing sizes, too. Yep, two. different housing uh, yeah. for, you know, if you're shooting one with different 125-grain broadheads versus 100-grain broadheads or yeah. whatever you want to do, they... Make it where you can pull that dial right off and put a new one on, and yeah. you're ready to rock. That, that's awesome to me. Yeah, b- buy as many dials as you want. So, you know, hey, say. Yeah, like what, f- 12 bucks or whatever they are, a dial? I can't remember exactly, yeah. it, but that's worth it. It's not that bad because, say. You shouldn't you know, need that many of them. You want to shoot field points? It, you want to take your one bow because you, you guys out here, you, you're the working class. So we understand that. And you buy one bow that can do it all. So you want to buy one bow, get you a hunting bow, target. 3D all in one. Now your sight's going to be all in one too, because uh, all of a sudden now you want to tune down the poundage, and you want to shoot field points. Well, guess what? You got a dial for that, and you just throw it right on, and it's yep. going to work. It's a set screw. Also, which is another reason why we're brought to you by this company, Badlands Packs, BadlandsPacks.com. Yes. Um, same thing. They stand behind their product. They're proud of their product. They're passionate about it. Um, unconditional lifetime warranty. If you tear that thing up, you send it in. They're just going to send you. If they can't repair it, you get a new pack. That's a, yeah. The last episode you heard, uh, you heard him talking about the approach camo, which is something that very impressed. Okay, because we, I field tested it that following. I don't know. Was yeah. It? Let's two, hear about this. Two days later, so I got the um, the pack and approach the uh, super, super day. the super day pack, which I thought was awesome. It's a real nice pack. A lot of pocket, all the pockets you need. But like everything else is like it's there. It's well designed. It's all thought out. Um, my dad was walking behind me while we were going setting trail cameras and we were looking for some spots to put stands. And he said that once I'd get out away from them, it wouldn't blotch up and that it kind of like I guess like the way the pattern is laid out, it breaks it up and kind of it's like digital, but it's hard to explain if you haven't seen it. But it's uh, it doesn't look like leaves and your normal traditional hunting camo. Yeah, um, which. It- you know, and, and we talked about it, not to get too into depth about it, but it's like, yeah, you've got a leaf camo pattern, you know, and if you put that up against a tree, cool, it looks like a tree blocked out by a leaf pattern. Well, you nothing's know, wrong is, with that type of camo nothing's either. Nothing's wrong but. with that, and and it's worked, but, like, the way that they do it, and uh, big shout-out to, to Blake for going through this, it just, it, it, it breaks things up, like, how mm-hmm. how it's supposed to? Yeah, I'm excited. I want to get some of the clothing with the approach and test it this this uh, fall in, in the midwestern deer woods. But you know what's going to happen? I was impressed, man. That pack was comfortable and had it loaded down with trail cameras. Well, well, here's the thing. You know what happens? You wear that approach camo. You know what you're going to have to do next, right? You're going to have to go see my buddy Scott. You know where Scott is? You're going uh, to be successful with your. You're going to you're going to so drive good. down 67 because you're going to have a deer in oh. your in your. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going. I was uh, waiting. On. I'm like, come on, come on. You're gonna see Scott, and you're you're gonna pull in right off of 67. You're gonna take a right or a left, depending on which way you come. And you're gonna go down a couple hollers, and you're gonna see Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. That's right. And you know what's gonna happen there? You're gonna Magic. See, you're gonna go see Scott, or you might see his wife, or you might even see Andrew. Uh, we'll see what his work schedule is. And you're gonna go in there, and they're gonna say, "Hey, what do you want?" And you're going to look at them, and you're going to be like, well, I'm used to regular old meat lockers, so I thought you would just give me the standard. I give you money, you give me someone else's deer back. (laughs) (laughs) But what really happens is he hands you a sheet, and he says, look, what do you want? And you're going to look at the list. sound like it's all weird, but. (laughs) And you're going to look at the list. I'm telling you, man. You're gonna see some strange things you've never seen in a meat locker before. Strange in a good way, because so re- real good way, real good. You have like, options. Okay. You're like, man, the, the meatloaf. You guys do meatloaf? Like they do like prepackaged meatloaf, mm-hmm. 
And you can get like Mexican breakfast style. sausage uh, stuff. Oh, the breakfast sausage. Ooh, I said sausage. <laughs> sausage. <laughs> it's That's super. a sausage, boy. Jimmy Dean sausage. <laughs> Have you seen that one? That guy is bitching about the size of the sausage. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it, I don't know. It's ba- it's better than Jimmy Dean, and it's all deer. You know, I mean, of course, with some of that stuff, you got to get some fat mixed in or whatever. But well, if you're un-American, you got to. But <laughs> you know, if you're uh, if you're all American, son, you eat it the way it's prepared, and. Uh, <laughs> Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Process, and it, it, if you're ever yeah, very awesome. near Viola, Illinois, and you kill a deer, you better take it there. That's all. That's We're supported by all those people. We believe in them, and hopefully they believe in us. So we got to thank oh, all of them. I hope so. Well, um, we're going to find out if someone actually believes in us, because uh, Mr. Moneybags, I hear, is here. <laughs> Mark is here. <laughs> yep, sure am. Showed so, up again. But before we get to Mark... Um, each and every week, we uh, we do try to do the vet shout-out. And Mark's actually going to um, take this one. Mark, you're going to do the vet shout-out. Oh, all righty. Well, I guess uh, it would go to my dad, Glenn Reif. Uh, he's no longer with us, but he served in the military, for in the Army for 25 years, and, and then in the reserves and became a lieutenant colonel and basically lived an Army life. So that's the shout-out, Glenn Reif. Awesome. Thanks for your service, Dad. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for your service and uh, this podcast uh, broadcast in English. Uh, thanks to Mark's dad. So, <laughs> yep, awesome. So this episode we have kind of a combination of things coming at you. What we're going to talk about first, since when Mark's here, we like to talk taxidermy because I feel you know you can't really learn enough being a hunter about taxidermy or just like what you can do and can't do and what's good and what's bad, whatever. Yeah, um, and you know the only time you really think about taxidermy is if you shoot a buck. Now all of a sudden you get lucky opening day, you shoot a buck. Right. Oh well, man, I, you know your your first thought isn't, oh man, look at that that hundred fifty inch eight point. He's gonna look good semi sneak. Right. Yeah, you that's know, true. that's yeah, not that's the true. first thing going through your head. Well, so. the thing is with that is I don't know. Do you remember back in the day? Well, maybe you remember this now, Steve, because you're kind of living it. You, you're still waiting for to get that one buck that you're going to get mounted. I, but I remember being young, like when I first started, and not having my own big buck on the wall yet. And I don't, we, I guess we, I don't know if we all remember that feeling where you don't have one on the wall yet, and you're like, man, I want to, I just want a nice shoulder mount. I want one on the wall. Yeah, no, that's everyone's dream. Have a big old yeah. buck on the wall, you just know? right above the fireplace. Just that's like the first thing you want people to see. Yeah, no, it's. Each and, you know, and that's what keeps us all hunting. Right. Well, when I shot my first buck, my dad was cool about it and got it mounted right here to my left here on the wall. And it, it's not a monster, but you know how pumped I was to have that mounted and oh, still yeah, am. I'm like, yeah. that's my first buck ever. Got yeah. him mounted on the wall. Yeah. So, and he'll always, yeah, he's in the studio. People look at it like, why did you get that mounted? I'm like, well, I was 14 mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> or however old I was. But well, he's got some points broke off, so he's a little bit bigger than he looks. He's a nice little seven-pointer, man. <laughs> you should post a picture of that so people see what he gets. Like, that's super cool. No, I love that deer. You know I what do. I mean? Like, that. that's probably, you know, as, uh, as fathers out there, you know, your son, daughter shoots their first, first buck, like, how much better do you think that is in a first place, like, City Little League trophy? Tro- <laughs> that trophy. Right. You know what yep. I mean? Like, that's super cool. That's something that they're always going to have. Because, like, a deer mount can't really get lost that easy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, but, and Mark, but, but, Mark but you but might. memories can. <laughs> yeah, memories <laughs> can. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's just something cool. But um, Well, I got that one mounted then behind Mark over there in the walls. That's the first buck I've ever shot with my bow. I shot it with an old Hoyt Ultra Sport, which not really that old, but it was a, you know, if you compare that bow to what they're shooting today, yeah. it's old school. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm. Those are some of my two favorite mounts. Took me seven years to get my first buck. I thought it was never gonna happen. Really, that long? Yeah. Yep. Hunting hard too. Just didn't have good spots, and then right. I finally got a good spot, and I shot a 142 inch deer. The first buck I ever killed, fourteen pointer. I'm like, whoa! I guess <laughs> it was worth waiting. Thank God I hung in there. You know, some people would have quit. quit. Some people yeah. would have quit at year, yeah, two, yeah. So you know, I went. I didn't. You know, I was young. That was kind of my battle. I was real young, and I yeah. had opportunity. Man, I look back and some of the opportunities I've had at deer, and I had. I don't know. I probably told the story before. We had a couple of trail cam pictures of it back in the day of like this old. Oh, I don't know what he was. 
I had to find the picture. Like the sun's in the picture, but if you zoom and adjust the light and you can see this buck, he's double splits on both G2s and splits off both G3s. Ooh, and nice. I had this thing at 10 yards when I was, oh, I don't know, I was 13 maybe with my bow. <laughs> Nowadays I would have smoked him. Like I had him at 10 yards, stopped him. He was chasing the doe. I remember his getting getting his rack stuck in this like viney thorn bush and he had him having to back up. You know that he was yeah. easily I don't know, I would say easy one sixty. Easy. <laughs> well, if you were if you were Matt Cummings, you probably would shot that deer twice. That's right. Yeah. Get a big shout out to Clark. But Cummings. you gotta remember so, though, dude, I love that guy and his kid has killed that kid's gonna kill Boone and Crockett deer. Oh yeah. But you gotta remember though, He's back then it's you. like the the bows were different. Oh. The bows were different and like no one was, not everyone was the uh, this big professional hunter. Then that's when you oh, know what yeah. I mean. Like, oh yeah, it was. I used to sit in a buddy stand with a old old Sony Handycam, and just film deer because I, I I don't know I was out, I didn't know what I was doing. I was young, yeah. you know. This is before Steve even thought well, about hunting. It wasn't all no, over yeah. television, social right. media. I didn't remember exactly what you're saying when I you, started. You had your Mossy Oak boys. Yeah. You had you know your guys like the Fitzgeralds and stuff, and real then you tree. had the Monster Buck Real Tree boys. Yep. And that's what I looked and up Jackie to. Jackie Bushman, the Jackie Bushman, four or five of them, Buckmasters. Yep. My dad has that lucky Buckmasters hat, and I don't oh, know man. how many bucks he shot wearing that hat. <laughs> he still has it though. Dang. He was wearing it last season. Was he really? It's pretty worn out, yeah. But what's that? Oh man, what's that hat he's wearing now? I, I wonder. I don't think that hat's got very good luck. It's like the, it's got like all the brands. It's got like a shell logo on there. Oh, just hats he gets for from work. Probably. Yeah. I, well, this company sponsors, uh, I think, uh, I don't know what they sponsor, but they gave them, like, camo hats to have, like, the monster logo and stuff on them. <laughs> but, I don't know, free camo hat, but it's rocking it. Who cares? You're right, though. That la- the first, the last thing anybody thinks of, the first thing they shoot a deer is, oh, do I want this pose, that pose, this right. pose, that pose? Well, you know, there are probably some people. There's, there, you know, with every, you know, rule. Well, I've thought exception. of it because I've messed around with taxidermy quite right. a bit, you know. I guess if you look at taxidermy or mounts, you could grow up saying oh when i get one i'm gonna do it like that right but you know a lot well, of people come in and don't know what they want yeah they don't even know what to call it you know yeah so i want it up like this and then, well oh. it's upright semi-upright yeah. you yeah. want an offset shoulder do you right. want to head down you want to head up do you yeah. want what, what i can do something custom for you what yeah. do you want yeah, yeah. let me l- let me ask this question uh mark you're obviously a taxidermist obviously that's how you pay the bills <laughs> when you shoot a buck when at what point do you decide how you want to mount him like maybe this gives some people some insight well that too and we can compare me shooting my buck this yeah, year and, and not because i'm not for sure what i'm doing yet me and mark have been going back and forth talking about it mm-hmm. so we can use that as, as an example so also. you're unsure so uh so you know maybe like describe what would go through your head i i, I don't know if you have a situation where that came up but you know, just to give people an idea of what a taxidermist thinks based on, you know, what the average hunter is going to think about getting a deer mounted. Yeah. Well, basically, obviously, the first step when you decide you are going to mount it in the field, you have to, you know, be careful, of course, when you're gutting it. And, and I would say stop as soon as you get to the sternum where it turns to cartilage and then into the bone. So many people can make a mistake by going too far up the brisket, and then you got to sew that all back together. Or, depending on what chi- size uh, style of form that you choose, some can be turned sideways like a wall pedestal and use a lot of that shoulder and cape back farther than you would think it would need to be cut. Mm-hmm. Um, most standard forms, you know, six, eight inches behind the shoulder usually is enough, but I always tell people, Give me a foot. Give me a foot and a half. The far, the more, the better. You're right. not using the back half for anything anyway. Right. So just give it to me so you don't have a problem depending on what style you pick. Yeah. Right. You're better I'll, having more there than not. Yeah, enough. I'll get a guy that comes in with a short one and go, oh, that wall pedestal is really cool. Uh, well, you don't have enough skin for that. Right. So, But if you take it to somebody like Smith's, they'll cape it out right for you. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> hey, there you go. So, But, yeah, always, always leave it long. Because you never know what you're going to do for sure. And then when you go to your taxidermist, like the first thing I'll do when they come Which is hopefully you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take you down. I got posters on the wall that show the different poses and things like that um, that you can pick from. And I see people's eyes just light up. Oh, I don't know. I 
I didn't think of that. Oh, I didn't think of that. Right. So there's a lot of that that goes on. You know, I'll ask them, what height ceilings do you have in your home? You know, if you've got real high ceilings, you know, you may be able to do something that sticks farther off the wall, like a, you know, a buck dog in a doe right. in the full sneak pose, which is head down straight out. Mm -hmm. If you have low ceilings, you know, you may not want to do that because by the time it sticks off the wall four feet, it's in the way. you're going to be running into it. Yeah. And the same with like the full upright pose, which is like your first buck there. Yep. <coughs> That's just his head is straight up as high as it can go. <coughs> so you've got a tall rack, you've got a tall neck, you've got the brisket and body down. That thing ends up being four feet tall. So if you have low ceilings, it's going to be hanging three feet, four feet off the floor. Right, right. Kurt, your first buck has a tall rack. He just said. Well, he's not bad for a little guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's for a first buck. That's kind of one of those things that you have to take into consideration. Obviously, after you you shot the shot the deer and decided that you're going to get it mounted, it's like uh, your buddy Jim, that mule deer. Mm -hmm. That's just a super tall rack, two hundred and ten inch muley. They're like, yeah, but Utah. I mean, do you see how tall that rack is? And he's like, got the, but that's a, a good point too that he would make. You know, Mark just said how tall are your ceilings. Jim's yeah. got big vaulted ceilings in his living room, so which works out. He's perfect. Got, he, he has a Yukon Boone and Crockett Yukon moose above his fireplace, so oh, right geez. next to it, that two hundred and ten inch muley looks real nice. This guy's yeah. a stud. He had to move the caribou from the spot where his mule deer went, what so the caribou's shame. in the hallway now. <laughs> but he's good got life's, life's rough. Yeah, right? he's got a big big elk on one side. A big Yukon moose in the middle and his 210 inch muley on the right. Good Lord, when I got my turtle, I had to move my beer drinking stand over. You got to understand, you know though. You got to understand, Lord. though. This guy's been hunting when forever, like you know, and he's he's not older. He's a lot older than us, but he's in his late 50s. So he was he's been hunting since he was younger than us, and he he lived in Canada for two years and guided hunts and awesome. He, you know, he was up in the Yukon doing it by himself when it was affordable and. He actually almost died out there. Like, I want to get him on a podcast to talk about it. He got wow. an abscess tooth in the Yukon, oh, and uh, they had to helicopter hel him out. He they helicoptered <laughs> him the heller out of there. So his face was, like, swollen. He woke up, and his whole face was, like, swollen up and like from infection. Wow. And they basically, well, he had to call up on satellite phone to get him Whoa. out. Well, he should have Lucky been a UPS driver out. and hopefully he found an <laughs> ice skate in a rock. But really, that's though, a castaway reference if anyone picked that up. But that's a serious situation in in Alaska, like Hell that. Yeah. You know, where you get an abscess tooth and infection could probably take you out. Oh, quick. son, yeah, oh, you're yeah. dead. Yeah. Like, dude, if you're not near a modern, uh, anyway, well, let's, let's, let's get back on track. Let's talk about this. So we got my buck, that my big eight pointer, the 151, whatever it is, and, and you're still undecided. A little bit, yeah. So that's, I mean, I don't. Mark's not going anywhere. I, he's got the hide. And we've kind of just been talking. I don't have. I'm really just taking my time with. It. I don't really know what I want to do. I yet. think that you've you've told me what you're going to do, and it's changed probably five or six times. <laughs> well, the thing That's is, I have a lot of choices, choices. Right. Well, and, and I have quite a bit already. So yeah, I have because listen how studly Kurt is. He's like, well, I've got too many deer on the wall. No, right I'm now. not saying that. I'm, I'm well, just where saying, am I going to put this one? I'm just saying I have a lot of semi uprights, offset shoulders. That's my favorite go to mount. Yeah, and I have a, a lot of those. There's two in the studio, and there's probably almost every one of them outside yeah. is the same way. But I got full, some full sneaks. Some, um, and I'm not a big fan of my full sneak mounts. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really like them. My dad's got. I got two full sneaks. My dad's got, I think he's got one, and then uh, I don't know. I just don't really have anything. I want to go with something a little different that would show this buck off being a big, clean, symmetrical, dark rack eight point. Mm -hmm. And at first, I was like pet, uh, floor pedestal mm -hmm. because it would just look badass. This big eight point, you know, yeah. over one fifty that just looks awesome. I wanted to show them off and just kind of beautify them, have something different. Well. Sam and I got to talking. Like, oh, we don't. That's going to make in the house. It's going to make for tight space. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking around and talking to Mark about, you know, well, yeah, I want to do a floor pedestal, but I want to do maybe we could just do like a wall pedestal. And if I ever wanted to put it on a floor pedestal, we could modify it to where we could do that. So I'm kind of right now leaning towards a wall pedestal mount. If you guys aren't familiar with that, I guess Mark could probably explain what a, what a wall pedestal is. So yeah. your girlfriend made the decision for you. <laughs> All right, cool. Go yeah. ahead and explain. She's a smart girl. <laughs> um, yeah, the wall pedestal is just uh, – it's usually the deer's body is turned more like on a 45-degree angle. There's a piece of plywood on the back, uh, just on half of the back, though. 
<clears throat> so it's at a 45 degree angle. Then the very back of the um, that doesn't touch the wall is like a, oh, a, cre- a crescent moon shape. Uh, you can see in behind there. You yeah, can put like felt or whatever back yeah, there. Yeah, leather and braid. You can do all kinds of different cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, deer tracks and mud. You I know, should have rocks. Dana Pace, the guy who carves the shed antlers and oh, stuff. Yeah, I should have cool. him do something for the back. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, Good I was idea. I was always curious about uh, about that that curve. Is that just for decoration or? Yeah, it's just because the shoulder sticks out. You know, since it's at a forty five degree angle, that shoulder sticks out farther off the wall. You gotta. You got to do something with it, you know. It just can't right. be a straight piece of plywood because everybody can see that, so it won't look as finished. So, so that's what yeah, I'm kind of thinking. Because if you look at my rack, it's to your left, right there, Mark, on mm-hmm. that chair. He almost did blends in with that dark wood chair, but yeah, yeah. his beams kind of swoop up a little bit. So, what I notice is a lot of people that have that swooped up beam, you don't really want to put the deer's rack back, mm-hmm. like his head tilted back, because all you're yeah. going to see is the underside of the main yeah. beams. Yeah. So my advice, and maybe Mark, you have something that maybe it's a little different from what I'm thinking here is if, if you have a buck where the beams swoop up like that, like kind of like a bobsled on the front, mm-hmm. I would want to say, keep that deer straight on with you or even the head down a little bit. So you can get mm-hmm. a good look at the tines and the full shape of the rack. Yep. Yep. There, there's, yeah, there's a couple different thoughts on that. I like the way it's sitting straight just now. Like it'd be a regular deer walking through the woods, semi sneak. Yeah. It's like that to show off that rack. Um, I did one that, um, it came out straight, straight you know more before it curved in yeah but then it did curve in and but the tying length was so long but it was deceptive you really couldn't tell because they came straight at you the main beam came straight at you for a little while right so it kind of disappeared from your eye so if you tilt the head up a little bit it showed the whole you know just the bottom edge of that main beam right the whole length and you know, I just tipped it up a couple degrees, and it showed how long the main beams actually were. Right. So there are, you know, you do kind of got to read the rack, and people ask me that too. What way do you think it should go? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a couple different schools of thought on that. I always like, if you're, you know, obviously part of my them coming into my shop is like, I always say, think of where you're going to hang it in your house. Mm-hmm. And then is it going to be looking left? Is it going to be looking right? It needs to look towards the center of the room, not into the wall. And, you know, it sounds obvious, but people don't think about it yeah. that much. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to convince people to show the inside of the biggest side. Yep. So, you, and you have to kind of look at it to figure out what that means. But you, you kind of want to turn it to where you can see the inside curve of the biggest side of the rack. Because right. that obviously, that makes them look bigger. And you're you're showing off the, the biggest part, obviously. And, and mm-hmm. the small side will kind of line up with your eye and somewhat blend in a little bit instead of showing the small side and hiding the big side. Right, you know? yeah. So with with, with um, Eric's buck, um, which I assume is in your shop right now. Yeah. If oh, not, we the, got problems. You have the rack I there? don't have the rack. Oh, he's no, got the I rack. The skin. No. So you, and you've seen his rack. Like, it's, it's angled back mm-hmm. a little bit. He might have to do a head down. Yeah. yeah. How would you how would you approach that? So, you know, understanding that, you know, especially with uh and a good friend of our uh Trevor Hisdell, there's just different size racks like, but I want to focus on Eric's. So since that's tilted back and I'm sure a lot of people have had that, mm-hmm. where would you go with that? You know what? It would actually look okay in a semi sneak. But if you did cut the head off and cut it turn it down a couple degrees it would probably show more of the rack that one i would say depends on how high you hang it on the wall too you mm-hmm. know you might want to turn that one down if it you know if it was real high on the wall um <clears throat> you'd people would be surprised the first six inches of their main beam almost always follows the slope of their nose anyway oh yeah and unless you get a deer that grows straight up you know which is kind of rare but People think that deer racks actually tip forward more than they do. They think that those tines need to go out to the end of the nose, and they don't. They're behind the nose. Yeah. So you can, if somebody really wants something, I could cheat that rack a tiny bit, but I have my own parameters that I've had people ask me, can you tip it up like that? And I'll be like, I'll tip it up this far, but I'm not tipping it up farther than that. Right. Well, why not? 
because this it's I'm not mount, real. My name's on it. I'm mounting this. It's not anatomically correct, and I'm not going to go that far off of that. Right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, that makes sense. Why would you? It's not how yeah. it, that deer looks. Yeah, yeah. It's not right. Yep. Exactly. That is true. Um, I guess a lot of people that don't. I mean, you know, a lot of guys like I know what a deer looks like, but you don't really, mm-hmm. you know, you realize you don't know what a deer looks like until you really go to like mount one. Right. And I've tried, I've done that. Yeah. I'm not good at taxidermy. I'm not saying I'm, I think with you, I could get along all right, but I'd have to have you over my shoulder, but I've done it enough to where I know like, oh, if you, someone was just like draw a deer eye, you mm-hmm. couldn't really draw yeah, one absolutely. because you really don't know what it looks They're like. They're going to draw a circle. Right, it is yeah, not a yeah. Circle. Like the, the pupil <laughs> uh, on a, a deer, line with a dot above it. Yeah, like a lot of people don't know the pupil on a white-tailed deer is like horizontal to the ground, mm-hmm. and it stays horizontal even when their heads down eating. Yeah, yep. that never the pitch of their of their pupil never changes. Yep. I mean, when their head goes up, I've noticed. I actually, I just learned this not that long ago. When their head goes up, there's certain times that it will, you know turn more level with the ground but a lot of the pictures you see of a deer uh reaching up to bite an apple or something off high uh-huh. or rub his antlers up in the tree those eyes the pupil will actually stay in line with the muzzle oh so really it will point uphill a little bit when your head is up oh. but when their head starts going you down know, it stays like ground full, level yep full sneak or feeding and if you think about it if you were an african animal and you're eating something on the grass on the ground or you're drinking out of the water hole, you want your pupils level right. and straight out in front of you and to the side yeah. so you can see the lion coming. It's a defense so, mechanism, yeah. technically. Yeah, once our pupils tip up like that, it, it affects their vision. Right, so and that's like, another thing, too, that people don't realize. You can take a flashlight and look at your mount, mm-hmm. and you can see if your taxidermist leveled those pupils right. Yeah, yeah. That's a big step when it you're going to set step. eyes, and yeah. a lot of people don't know. You're, yeah. You'll yeah. know. I remember I'm setting eyes, practicing, and I'm like, I think these are level, and Mark comes up and checks the flashlight. Yeah, they're close, but you're right. <laughs> actually, that's Mark's polite way of saying, <laughs> dude, you missed the mark by a lot. It's actually very tough, and I bet it's you 100 very bucks if you stare at your deer, I'll bet – if you had ten deer, I bet eight or eight of them are wrong, or That's, off yeah. a little. I bet you, I would make that. Yeah, bet. I put a lot of time into doing that. It's it's important. Mark, you remember? So I helped. What, what was that ram that we mounted? Oh yeah, Texas uh, doll sheep. Remember Comments. how long we worked yeah. on those eyes to get yeah. those eyes level? Oh yeah, yep. We were like, well, it's tough. It is tough because you're looking at the, from the front and you're looking at the side, and you're making your marks on the form before there's any even any skin on it, yep. and you're trying to get these pupils level. And that really, uh, you know, when you, especially in good lighting, it's going to affect the especially way the mount looks. Especially an animal like that because they have yellow in their iris, yeah. Yeah. and they have the black pupil shows up a lot better than a white tail's pupil. Right. So, yeah, it's super critical. Well, so. it was difficult. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's little details like that. Um, I got a Snapchat for me at like two in the morning, and it, it was another. It was just Mark holding holding something. I'm like, yeah, Dude, Mark, you gotta like start a... sending those to my phone, and then I'll post them on our working class page so people yeah. can see. It looked like a like a little weird looking potato chip, and you're like, oh yeah, just got done carving this septum. Oh, you won't see that in a whole lot of, and you know, yeah. it's. There's probably not a whole lot of taxidermists yeah. that would take it to that level. But you got to explain. Mark carved a cu- he carves custom septums on his mount. So yeah, yeah. It, basically, I carved the nostril foam out into the anatomy shape that it actually is, and then grind a hole in the top of the deer nose with the Dremel tool and drop a plastic septum down inside and draw blood vessels on it and paint it, paint the septum and and then epoxy that septum in there so the cartilage that divides their nostrils so yeah i was like uh carving some custom nostrils and dropping a custom septum in bet you won't see that in too many of your mounts that's <laughs> true <laughs> you know, to a bunch of people because it's it's true. yeah it's, yeah it's an well, extra th- big step that people won't take yeah it's another thing like people like i don't know there's people who know how to look at taxidermy you can tell when they're breaking one down mm-hmm. but i guess the average guy if he's gonna look you know if you're looking in the nostrils and in the ears and whatever you know that's Makes a big deal with the customers because yeah. there's actual like if you really shined in there you're gonna see blood vessels. But if you're not really looking for it, you wouldn't really know right yeah. away though too. But it's a, the little stuff that really goes a long way for a high quality mount. Well, that's yeah, that's just, <clears throat> just it. People won't take the time to put that into there because I actually heard somebody say before to me, you know, more than once, 
Well, I went. I was talking to a taxidermist, and he said, "Oh, look at this mount over here. It's my own personal mount. I'm gonna do this one for competition. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, a hundred hours in it." And they're like, "Well, what do you mean? You're doing it for competition? What's take? What's what are you doing different than mine? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not getting that, then that you're not going to the level that I need you to go to for me as a customer. Yeah, right. Da, 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 da. You know, well, guess what? There's two different ways. There's competition and the and the raw deal of it is there's commercial taxidermy mm-hmm. and these guys have to give you a quality product at an affordable price but yeah. still make a living and not you know take their whole life to mount one deer they'll never make any money yeah so true. there are a million shortcuts that get taken and the guys i'm not doing that why in the world would you do that that takes so long you don't need to do that in your commercial yeah. mounts and I'm like, well, you know, that's just your mounts are three quarters of the way to the competition exactly, mounts, Mark. Yeah, they are, and they really are. They See, really are. if I went to a competition, there is very few things that I would do different to mine mm-hmm. to to take it to one little tiny level higher, and it means a lot more hours. That's why, though, and I know but it's just a little bit more. I gotta go. That's it. I'm doing everything for my customers that I that I can right. do. Well, the thing is. I, don't, I can't remember. Someone showed me a picture of it was someone that knew you, but I didn't know they knew you. I can't remember where I was at. I was at like a party or something. Someone's like, "Hey man, let me show you a picture of my mounts." I'm like, "Man, those are really nice mounts." And I'm looking at them like, "Who's your taxidermist?" Yeah. Um, he's from Geneseo. He's had a few mounted by you. It's mostly his dad got a bunch of oh, mounts okay. for me. I can't remember the kid's name. Like, um, he's from Geneseo. I'm like, Mark Reif, Creative Critters. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I was going to say, those mounts looked really good. Like, I was like, man, those are nice. Most times it's kind of, you yeah. know, they look good, but I kind of know a little bit how to break down a mount, but not, you know, nothing like you do. But, right. you know, that's why I think you should, you could charge more if you wanted I to. I could, absolutely. You know, my, absolutely. my favorite thing about, you know, just, just kind of how you mount, um, you know, mount deer is, uh, you know, you said it earlier, like, you know, you need to tell me, how high your ceilings are, you know, what you want. And, like, you've got, you know, we we were looking earlier at what Kurt wants. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking at different mounts and things. And just knowing that you can take any one of those mounts, understand that someone has a four-foot gap between where they want to put this deer, how they want to put it. And it's not like you just take a take a single mount, you know, and just say, all right, well, this is the standard that I'm going to go through. Like you can take any of these variables and put that into the formula and still come out with, you know, the quality product that you do. I mean, I think that speaks really highly of what you do. Well, exactly. That's, you that's know? a good point. Real good point. Cause it's, it's, there's a lot of artistic sight thought involved. Like, yeah. you know, when Kurt and I were talking earlier, I said, Hey, if you do it like that, it'll look beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can just kind of see things before I even right. do, do them. And there's there's mounts that I start and they're like there's they're not my favorites and I know that I'm not gonna like them personally as much as if you go around the corner and look at my semi sneak over there right you know it's just I just know that and so yeah there's there's all kinds of things that I will help try to you know put into people's minds in the process so I'll take you know hour two hours whatever it takes to go through it with you and right. put all the stuff in your mind of what you need to do but. You know, there's a few mounts that I wouldn't suggest, <laughs> right? Um, kindly, but uh, I, that I guess I don't like. And it's the old dead, full, upright, straight mount with the ears forward. Yeah, it's vintage 1952. Every deer you've ever seen, yeah, poked in the butt. Deer in the headlights look straight form. You terrible. rarely see a deer like that. Yeah. Oh, but it's it's the hipster of uh, of getting deer mounted. It's, it's just the it's old school. Classic, go go put some plaid on that it's, deer. But the thing know? is, it's classic taxidermy, though. But yeah. you yeah. can tell it's mounted. Right. And uh, exactly. And I will. And there's no life to it. I will give the customer what they want, but and I will never try to steer somebody away. Right. But I. But there's two mounts that I will tell people. Listen. I, if I was you, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but hear me out. Right. I, I wouldn't do this, and I wouldn't do this. And What's the other one besides the? The head down, aggressive. Oh. Right, yeah. If you're not going to lay the ears <laughs> Oh, man, way, you should see how furious Mark is. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to lay the ears all the way back like he's in a legitimate fighting, mean, nasty pose, right. if you're just going to do the ears somewhat normal, 
I just I don't like the head down pose. It's just to me, it's not attractive. Kind of awkward. It is, yeah. Dude, do it like Wayne's World. Like you know how they, in that guitar shop they put that sign up, dude. No stairway. You know, <laughs> he's, he can put that in your shop. You have the right to refuse any business. Yeah, but <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> but the thing is, maybe someone's got everything else and they want yeah. that one mount done. You know. Yeah. Well, cool. Was, Find it down the road. I had a customer the other day that I posted a picture of a. A semi upright right turn or something it turned out super cool and uh the guy's like well i know the last one we did was a huge white eight pointer great looking buck uh-huh. and uh he did it with the head down and the ears eh, not back they were back but not aggressive right and i the whole time i mounted it was the one i built all that face up on. oh yeah the clay yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It took yeah, all yeah, that yeah. time because i was like i'll do everything yeah. i can to make this look good because it looked like a skinny uh, rack eight point that one yeah thin yeah thin beams but like like a big texas wide. looking buck yeah, is what he looked yeah. like yep and he told me the other day he's like just i'm not sure about it and i said i'm gonna tell you neil that i really don't like it and I don't, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. but it's just my opinion. Well, we know his first name now. But, yeah. He's a good yeah. guy. He's, 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 he's awesome. He's a great customer of mine. And he's a great carpenter, too. So, um, but uh, anyway, um, you know, I told him, I said, I just don't like him. Some people do. And he goes, well, I want that one. I want a form like what you just did. That one's beautiful. And it's, yes, now we're talking. Adam right. boy. Yep. But you do look at racks, and you do try to decide certain, you know, right. certain things because of that. Well, that's you know, a beautiful, beautiful thing about it. Sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, is no, that no, I no. can sit on this, like, I'm like, well, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do yet. And you're cool enough where you, I can just talk to you and text you. Obviously, we're good friends. But mm-hmm. even as a customer, if we weren't real good friends, I would f- still feel comfortable with, yeah, I'm not sure yet. Oh, you yeah. know, Can I wait a little? Can we just figure it out over time? And, you know, I mean, I do that all the time. Oh, because there guys. you got customers who are uh, three years waiting for their. <laughs> hey, if, if they, that's, that's the thing. A, the, those are the best kind. The mm. ones that want to get it right and get it right. done. Yeah. yeah they yeah. want You know, they want to get it done top notch. Like we can do custom anything. Like, for example, with yours, mm-hmm. I know you're you know, you want something different. And we've talked about the pedestal, but you're not sure about that. It takes up space. What you could do is do some habitat with a wall pedestal. Right. And maybe put a little, you know, the styrofoam, like make it look like a little piece of land and cover it with dirt. Make grasses or a fence post coming out and still hanging on the wall. Right. So you can have that little extra special, like a pedestal on the floor or whatever. But it's still on your wall and not taking up floor room. And that's another thing I was going to bring up earlier is you can always add habitat to it. Exactly. But I'm real picky with the habitat. I am. And we did when we did that uh, that sheep mount. Yeah. That that was a Texas ram. It had like the uh, wasn't it Texas right where he shot that Um, or something? That one was actually in New Mexico. Oh, it was okay. Well, it had like the appropriate like rocks and cactus type of thing. Rocks and prickly pear. Yeah. And I'm just not sure what I'd want to do, but Mm -hmm. we'll have to figure it out. And the thing where I'm comfortable with you taking a me buying a form or whatever through. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to order the form, but and then you like, oh, can we change this? Mm-hmm. I'm completely comfortable with you chopping the head off the form and yeah. adding and doing your thing. Where yep. there's a lot of guys like, no, you should, I don't know if I'd really want someone else I wasn't sure about to no, cut up a form. If it were me, well, next year when I shoot my 160 inch deer, sweet, which which will happen. I hope you do. <laughs> I hope too. I do. Um, <laughs> immediately, I'm going to take it to you, and you're going to say, "What do you want?" And I'm just going to say, "Mount it." Yeah, like I that'd be awesome. Okay. I've seen enough of your work. And it's like because I, I know like a lot maybe of you, I should do that with you, Mark. But you kind of know what I want now. Just yeah. surprise yeah. me. Surprise well, me. a lot of you, yeah. a lot of the, the tattooed homies out there, you all have got that tattoo artist that you've gone to one time or he's called you up and said, look, I'm feeling artsy. Let me tattoo you. That's <laughs> when you get tat. That's yeah. when the good tattoos come out. And yeah. that's when the, the stuff comes out and you're like, dude, you know, I, I, I know plenty of people who've done that with. With her tattoo artist, so why not with your your taxidermist? I mean, obviously you, you you've been in it long enough. You know what looks good. So if I bring something to you, I'm just gonna say, dude, make me look at, like I I can go to my barber and he's he's like, you know, what do you want? I'm just like, well, make my girlfriend want me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that's make me beautiful. Who's gonna you know who's gonna know what's gonna make that. Well, there's because I I like it when they give me creative 
Yeah. Freedom, because that's my job, and I know a whole lot more about it than they do. Exactly. Right? Not to be cocky, but I need... There's a. This there's is a what lot you of, do. Yeah. yeah. There's a. Yeah. Exactly. Just like. For sure. If you know whatever you guys do, you're good at it because you study it and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know a lot of guys will, you know, they'll get carried away and they'll go with so much habitat that it takes away from the animal. Right. And the animal's supposed to be the focus. So you got to be careful. You got to think things have to have a flow. No mm-hmm. rough edges, you know things curve and flow and yeah. in harmony and for sure. People, I'm telling you, man, people aren't weird like me. They don't think like that, dude. I would, <laughs> give, I would give you like I would give you the deer, and I'd take pictures of it, and I'd be like, dude, mount this deer, and don't even send me updates. Yeah, just send me a text. Like, don't even let me over at your house. Yeah. I know it's hard to keep me away from in your house, yeah. you know, but <laughs> but like, I dude, I, w- I would honestly just say, dude, work your magic. And I don't care. I'm going to literally put this deer where it fits in my house. I'm not going to tell you, oh, oh well, well, my yeah. ceilings are only this high, you know. Yeah. And that's just, that's me because, you know. Well, here's the, the thing with you, me, though, like what you're saying, like, you know, about your house. I never, I don't feel like I'm settled here yet. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't feel like I'm going to live in this house for the rest well, of my that's life. Hard. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. I'm like, okay, the next house, I'm hoping I'm going to have vaulted ceilings. Well, at right. 25, 26, like, do you, you hope you well, don't. Another thing I got to remember, too, is gonna... because my dad's got his own collection of deer. And my dad's like, you know, when I'm gone, you're getting all my mounts. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well. Well, he promised me that 180 inch. Yeah, right. Right. That's going to top of the vaulted ceiling one day. <laughs> but, well, then that's the funny thing is you actually have to buy a house that fits your deer mounts. Yeah, like, I'm going to have to. You have to look yeah. at the walls and say, oh, no, we can't buy this house. My right turn semi sneak. Yep. Well, <laughs> offset yeah. shoulder won't it's, fit here. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like my buddy Jim, I was talking about earlier with the vaulted mm-hmm. ceilings. If yeah. he ever moved out of that house, mm-hmm. it'd have to be another vaulted ceiling house. You just can't hang a, U- a Boone and Crockett Yukon bull moose yeah. in a house like I have with normal height ceilings. Ah, yeah, put it in the garage. <sighs> then you convert it to a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd have to be. Yeah, cool. So it gets its own room. Sits on the floor. The yeah. pedestal will be about a foot tall. Yeah, and then you know what yeah. I mean. You could yeah. do it because I, you know, I'm wanting to kill an elk in the next five years oh, yeah. at least, and I'm thinking, you know, if I kill an elk, and if I'm still in this house, I'm gonna have to. I got sheet or not sheetrock. I have uh, pl- plastered walls. You know, oh, my house yeah. is old. I'm gonna have to basically cut a square chunk out of the wall, break it out. Put. I'm just gonna put plywood and just <laughs> drywall over it. That way, I yeah. can put my elk wherever yeah. I want. Oh, you yeah. said bull elk, right? Because you could just shoot a. Shoot a female elk. I'm not shooting a cow. You shoot a cow and you'd be all right, man. For me, too, is different because when you come in for an elk mount, you really got to talk to the guys because think about how far those antlers stick back on their head. Right. Elk forms are kind of designed differently than a whitetail form. Yeah. So they'll either turn sideways because the clearance from the wall is better. Right. So you get a lot of left and hard right turns. Oh, you or, couldn't do a bugling elk, could yeah, you? Oh, you do, boy, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be tough. He'd really have to be hitting that high note just so that's that kind of That's when you tuck. go to the full sneak where his face is four, his nose is four feet off the wall. Yeah. And his <sighs> top of his back and neck is pretty much straight because that's the only way you're going to allow that Yeah, that, that way you get that clearance. Yeah, you couldn't really ever do an upright no, regular. No, nope, not, not just like a... No, you could never do an elk like you're full upright right there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, it depends on what kind of ceilings you got, you uh, know? Uh, well, that's uh, what's cool about, like, true. a big bull elk mount. Like, it makes a statement. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you're just yeah. like, oh, shit, look yeah. at that thing, man. You know what's super impressive? One of my favorite mounts in the world is an elk on a big octagon, you know, elongated oh, pedestal yeah. with yeah. grasses and weeds and some rocks and shh. Like a bugling elk, like you said, an open mouth. That would be awesome. You know, See, goodness. if I had the space, man, like my dream one day is to have like my own property with a Morton building right up front, have our own studio room for the podcast, and in there, like, you know, that'd be awesome to have something like it's, that. It's right next pedestal. to my room because I live off of Kurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve's a guy who cuts my grass and just pays yeah. his way through life that way and lives off ramen and eggs. <laughs> But uh, dude, egg and ramen, man. <laughs> you ever had it? It's good for protein, man. You get swole off it. But you know, what? it would just be so cool to just like walk in because there, you know, the animal's yeah. so big, and that's part of the fun about taxidermy. One, you know, it's in your house, you get to admire it. But people who aren't aren't familiar with hunting or taxidermy, they come in and they're like, "Whoa!" Oh, like right above a chimney, dude. Yeah, you're perfect. Like, number one thing that people walk in, look at my full turkey mount, and they're like, 
whoa, man, yeah. I've never seen a turkey up close like this before. I didn't know they were that big. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff like that. It's cool, especially yeah. for little kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, all my nieces and nephews are like, they want to pet them, and I gotta, I'll gotta, i pick them up, and I'll, we'll do the round, <laughs> pet all what, 12 of them or whatever. Yeah, he's got about 1,000 nieces and nephews. <laughs> yeah, I do, 13 or 14, I think. <laughs> um, I, w- I wanted to... It, it's not hunting related, but it's taxidermy. Um, you do a lot of fish taxidermy. Mm-hmm. Now, what? H- how do you? How do you do it? Say like, say I catch a bass of a lifetime, mm-hmm. and he's a monster. Um, you know, do I have to bring that to you for you to mount it? No, no, you don't have to. If you prefer to, re- you know, catch and release. I would suggest you take a picture of it for coloration, then measure the girth around the fattest part of the belly and measure the length, and then give it a kiss and let it go. And then I can get you a fiberglass reproduction. Okay, so then, Say yeah. that fish is live. So the, so the fish is, uh, you know, because I, I know um, a friend of ours is getting uh, a muskie, which is a really cool story. Right. That's a tank Cameron tank. I'm pretty sure he said it. Yep. Camp, tank, well, tank, tank Cameron tank. Tank Cameron tank. And Got it out finally. His his lovely wife, Nic- Tank Nicole Tank, is going to have a baby. Tank baby. Baby tank. Tank baby tank. Tank baby tank. That's what it is. <coughs> so, and, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the amazing stuff you've done with uh, fish taxidermy. I mean, this is just trying to keep you busy, you know, when deer season ain't happening right, yeah. or actually you're mounting the you're mounting these fish during deer season yeah. so then you can exactly. um so like yeah like i i catch a fish and, and you'll be able to to mount something up yep yep you can get a fiberglass reproduction of it and that way the fish still gets to live and and they're they they, they make so many good fiberglass reproductions these days that they're, you know, and it, and that's gonna last you a lifetime. I yeah. want a fish mount so bad. They're so cool, uh, and I can give you the lure, <laughs> and you can put oh, that yeah. into the. Oh yeah, Maybe. I did a jumping splashing bass in water semi-sneak. for my dad. So yes, yeah, semi sneak, no full <laughs> full upright, full upright, <laughs> full, upright. <laughs> full body <laughs> tail dancing, and uh, the, had a lure coming out, and the and the line going down in the water. Oh, that's super cool. Drops of water coming off the line and off the fins and. It was for my dad, and it's in a glass case, and it's probably one of the coolest mounts I've ever done. Almost like a seven or eight pound bass. And man, we need to do some videos of your shop, man. Yeah. I know we've been yeah. talking about doing it. We need to get yeah. over there and just like show people what it's like and yeah. stuff like that. S- some of my favorite mounts I've seen, and um, my mom's cousin, this kid, man, my mom's cousin. Um, I, I went to this guy. Actually, it's funny enough. He lives like three streets over from me. And uh, last summer we went to a party of his, and um, the guy had some awesome deer on the wall. But like the thing I was most intrigued by, like yeah, his taxidermy was, was pretty good. I'm like, I'm not knocking it. Mm-hmm. Like it was like legit good. Like I bet if you saw it, like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. He had like one of those. It was a pedestal with a glass case, and he had like a bass with like three blue gl- bluegill around it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got one of those at home. Just Mark, what was that days. fish we were talking about? So we didn't say this at the beginning of the show. In early July, I'm going to Brazil with Tank Cameron Tank. Brazil. 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 Um, Brazil. Say it like the I'm gonna non-white have to, non-white guy with an I'm, S. I'm going to have to learn some Portuguese <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to Brazil for work. Some Portu- so, Portuguese. Uh, shoo them off. So Portuguese. So, yeah, uh, what I was going to say, what was that bass you were talking about in oh, Brazil? Yeah, the peacock bass. Yeah. I believe it's Brazil. I'm, yeah, I hope I'm right on that, but I believe it is. I'll have to look that up later. But, yeah, there's a peacock bass. It's super colorful. It's got a big lump on its head. They kind of look weird, but so they're if, super aggressive. So if you use, like, a buzz bait, top water, you fish for them just like you would a bass here in the States. Yeah. And they're aggressive and Man, they get big and they hammer the lure, and they're just a beautiful, colorful mount. I don't know if I'll have time to do any of that, but I'm going to be with the right guy. Tank is just like king fisherman. He Mm -hmm. just knows what he's doing. That's his main passion is fishing, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard to talk to him and some of the um, Brazilian guys down there we're going to be with. Like, hey, you know, is there like a lake? Yeah, nearby lake or a river. Yeah. You'll be surprised. I see some videos of guys fishing rivers, and they're not even the biggest rivers. You you just walk along and throw out there, and good grief, right. like a twenty pound peacock bass 
Sucks the lure up. Oh my! Oh, son, I'm telling you, I've already found it, man. Is it in Africa? CaptainPeacock.com, dude. You go to. You want to go to Brazil? They have like. uh, Well, the thing is, I'm saying, if say somehow we get hooked up and we can go, I don't know what. I have to look all all the regulations and Mm -hmm. stuff. But say me and Tank get to go fishing down in Brazil. And we catch some of those. Just take the pictures and measurement of the yeah. fish, and you could do yeah. amount of yep. it. Yep. Some guys are real particular. They'll be like, "No, I gotta have my fish. It's gotta be skin mount exactly. Yep, right. exactly the same way. Dude. Or, you know, uh, I want a fiberglass reproduction, so you know, it'll last forever, and right. it's like a state record or something. And I want you to cast my fish." And make a fiberglass reproduction. Right. That's super rare. People don't do that, really. Because why kill the fish right. and then make a reproduction of it? Because if the the skin mount I give you is going to last their whole life anyway and be just as good a shape sure. as that yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. Because the way I clean them and the way I do them. Well, how cool would yeah. that be to but get, like, a Brazilian, like, They have outfitters. Fish? Yeah, that's well, what I was thinking. I'm just, I want to go casually and just, like, catch yeah. one. Yeah. But, you know, I would, pretty cool. I would mount one probably no matter what the size yeah, if I did. Cool. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if they're down in that area. I don't know anything about Brazil. Yeah. Just yeah. found out that we're going. Brazil. So that's why I was in Chicago getting my visa ASAP and get it quick. There you we're go. leaving. I'll be gone. I'll be down there second week of July. So you'll, probably catch, you'll probably get down there and catch some fish that might bite you hard. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, dude. With lots of like piranhas. I, lo- yeah. I love watching River Monsters. And, yeah. like, every time I watch an episode of River Monsters, I'm like, eh, there's another country I'll never have to visit in my <laughs> yeah, life. exactly. Me too. It's just well, it's like, like Argentina's right there where I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm going to be deep into Brazil. Right. So it's like, man, Argentina. I know, like, dove what? hunting and duck hunting is you really good. You shoot some ducks that you're never going to see in your life. I mean, Argentina's like uh top one or two or three places in the world to go duck hunting. Yeah, so so uh, I, I knew you mentioned that earlier. I was going to ask you, so uh, you said there's, like, ducks that you've never seen. Say yeah. I shoot, you know, a few and I eat them, but, like, I want to remember the trip. Like, is there a way you can get, like, foreign critters like that? Like, if I get that duck, like, how, do, how does that happen? Yeah, no, you pretty much got to bring that to me. Uh, there's okay. not really a fiberglass reproduction of, you know, that because right. it's feathers. It's not skin. It look all smooth yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. look yeah. like a weird decoy yeah. painting. Like a car view one. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bartholwood. Oh, wood. It's yeah. like, it floats. Yeah. Yeah. So. A, a whittle one for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a whittle one for you. So let's break it down real quick. Um, so we're going to try and get into our trail cam thing. You guys want to do another one? We can do tra- um, we can talk about trail cams, but we'll figure it out. Um, if you had to break down, like, the top three to five steps a person could take to choose probably the best mount for their does that make sense mm-hmm. choose the best mount for the deer yeah what would your tips be like, um my tip would be like i said probably first and foremost you, you kind of gotta decide it i hate to say where to hang it but that's the most important part now yeah i mean like you said you, you might move and it might not fit your house but you still while you're there you still kind of gotta or do you want to do something that reminds you of the hunt? He was looking at me this way to the left, mm. and I want to remember that moment, and I'll find a place in my house. Somewhere. Right. So basically, I would say those things there. And then, uh, you know, like I said earlier, pick which side of the rack you want to see, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of attitude you want to give the deer. Right. And, uh, you know, that's. That's Stay away from uh, semi or full upright, yeah, yeah, straight. Yeah, full upright, straight. No straight mounts. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny. Well, <clears throat> I think that was a helpful episode. You know, that's something to really think about. And you know, a lot of you guys that either already still have, have a deer at the taxidermist, you still yeah. have a deer there at the taxidermist, or you're gunning for that big one, or gunning for that next one to go next to your big one. It's another thing to take into consideration. If the one you have on your walls turn in whatever way, maybe you want to do it the opposite mm-hmm. way or whatever. Um, and obviously, you don't want it on the wall tur- looking right into another wall. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of want it And, it, and that's, that's a big deal when you go to a taxidermist because if you go to a place and you ask him, hey, well, what do you think I should do with it? I don't know. I think it looks pretty good. Semi-sneak. That's what I do. Yeah. You know? Right. Or you get a guy that is talking custom stuff to you. You know? Do you, right. Well, hey, think of the moment. What about, you know, how was he looking at you when you shot him? And, right. You know, what about his head like this? Or, we you know, like the custom septum and not the sure. nose. I can turn the head. I, you know, we can go as custom as you want. Obviously, it costs a little more, but 
that's the what end, do you want? You can get the, whatever you yeah, want done. Yeah, the end result of why you're even hunting anyway is the meat and the, the memory. Yeah, and that's true. You might as well customize it to what you want and what you remember. And For sure. if your taxidermist is good, then you can customize it. That's a lot of them are called For sure. such and such custom taxidermy shop. Well, right. that because all being said, though, guys, I, this is very important too, and I think a lot of guys get sucked into this trap. If your taxidermist is like. If you ever, oh, maybe some guys don't even ask. Ask your taxidermist how many he pumps out a year. If he's doing eighty a year, mm-hmm. and he says, you, you know, it's November. Oh, you'll have your deer back in March. Yeah, think about that. Yep. Because he's cutting corners and he's pumping through those. Mm-hmm. If he does eighty a year and he has your deer back to you in a few months, yeah. yes, it's nice and convenient. You don't have to wait. Mm-hmm. But think about the quality. If a guy, if you're going to get think a tattoo, think of the time and money that you spent. Putting into getting that deer on the yeah, ground. Wait, make the wait. Get it. Mm-hmm. If a taxidermist has a waiting list, that's good. Mark has a waiting list. Mm-hmm. People go to Mark and they do custom work through Mark. You're a one man army and you're killing it. If man. you've waited your whole life to shoot that mule deer, and your taxidermist says, "Well, it'd be seven months," mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, I don't. Doesn't that sound pretty good? Do well, you? that or if it, even if it's a year and a half, well, oh yeah, even know, that. I don't care yeah, what it is. Just get it to me in good yeah. quality. It's anybody a who's good. And busy like that for a reason because they do that quality work and their name gets out there. Yep. A year and a half is totally standard. Oh and yeah. And I mean, I, there's three years, there's two years out, there's well, a, there's a lot of. Um, I was sh- I've I've been shocked about what I've heard, but I've also, like you said, heard if I had a nickel for every guy that comes in and <gasps> oh my god, look at your deer! How did you do? Right. I got mine back in three months. And mm. they're like, "Wow, can you fix my deer?" <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And you so, can, you have a pile of deer right now from one customer that yeah. wants you to fix a lot of his deer, and, and it's sad. And he's gone. Some, he did. He went to the speedy money making taxidermist. Yep. And there's some. And there's some big deer. Yeah, they but are real the nice thing, deer. You know, I'm gonna take care of that guy. I know what he went through. Right. You know, and, and that did he that did, even hurts me. Right. You know? So what sucks? You like remember? Okay, I measured a deer for a guy. Remember this, Mark? And yeah. Um, the guy, I, I normally when I measure deer, I'm like, you know, meet me at my buddy Mark's studio. It's mm-hmm. good. You got the, we can put them on the mounting Racks, stands and I yeah. can just flip that thing around and measure it. Well, this guy had a real nice buck, but the mount was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like me and Mark looked at each other like, oh my God, dude. And this guy was so proud of the deer, which it was yeah, a great buck. It was a good buck. And I don't think he even knew anything about taxidermy because when he started looking around your shop, he was like, I could just see like, oh man, like the, yeah. o, the, oh shit realization yeah. look in his eye i've made a mistake i yeah. watched it set in a lot dude yeah. and people are like thank you for taking so much time with me to talk to me about what to do <laughs> how to do it and right. i would have never even people some people don't even know what's underneath you know them. let, let, no. let, me, let me these are good hunters let yeah. me ask you guys <laughs> this um, for the first one it's for true. people who haven't bought a house before um do you want someone to just drive by a house and say Ah, look at this. You know the area that's in, right? You kind of get an idea. Ah, maybe there's about three bathrooms in there. Or do you want a realtor who's going to take you through that house and show you everything? No, it's it's a huge part of the deal. I've had people call <laughs> me and tell me thank you, you oh, know, yeah. numerous times after they left and went home and hung it up. And thank you for all the time you put into it. Yeah. And, you know. It's insane, so, man. You know. I would just say don't be in a hurry to get your mount back quick. It's just one of those things. Like for example, my tattoo, my tattoo artist moved away on me, mm-hmm. and before I went, before I go to Brazil, I was wanting to get both my arms completely done out. Well, I'm like, okay, everyone at that shop is a really good tattoo artist. Everyone high quality. Everyone knows they're high quality. I yeah. call. I'm like, you know, I want to. My tattoo artist moved. I want to go to to another one of your guys' artists. Like, well, we're booked out till mid August. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa. Okay, well, either I'm just gonna wait for you guys to get some openings, or I'm gonna have to do some hunting. Or and, Steve's yeah. got an old radio that we can turn into a tattoo gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prison. It's just stuff. one of those things. It's just something that's gonna last for me. Those yeah. deer mounts are gonna be with me for as long as I'm alive. And the same thing with my tattoos. Yeah. So that's why I compare it's, the two all the time. It's strange. It's just like politics. You got these guys on this side and these guys on this side. There's guys that don't care. Yeah. I just want it back, man. It's my man cave. I don't care if I could take it to a show and compete with it. Yeah. You know, and then the, Democrats not really yeah, care. Right, oh, right. did I say that out loud? I'll still take their money. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, it's just some guys don't care. Some guys do care. Some guys right. just want them back. They don't yeah. care. 
and which is fine. Which is like fine. That's, that's not Absolutely. a problem. You know, yep. if you just say, "Dude, just just put it whatever." Yep. I literally don't care. I shot this deer. It was a good moment. I'll always remember that. Yep. I don't need it to be perfect. Right. That's absolutely fine. Like that's don't fine. don't think that we're like ganging up on you because, you know, this is a certain way we like our deer, and you know we we'd hope that you guys would too. But yeah, like you know if you, if you just don't really care, go right. nuts. Right. Go take it to one of the speedy shops. Pay your money, get your deer back, and, and life happy. is good. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I would just it's, say get it done right. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of where I'm at, but, dude. I'm but, uh, just, I've been that I, way my I do want to ask a controversial question, Mark. All righty. Shoot away. All right. Now, we've seen this online recently. No, <laughs> nothing controversial with those people. The zombie deer. Oh, yeah. What do you think that's about a, That's those? a good debate. Yeah. Um. I want one for my shop. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a line that you don't, you know, that you might not want to cross. It's, that's the respect line. Yeah, because yeah, you can see as, like, hunters, you know, we already get enough flack for, it's like, oh, you killed Bambi. Well, son, I killed Bambi's dad. So he had <laughs> I got a, a story what? about that. When I first started out, I got a guy that he wanted a de- arrow in the deer, yank biting and pulling the arrow out. And I was young and dumb and didn't uh, know that boy. yet. And I, you know, one of my first few customers and hey, I, I need the money. I've started a business. So, and then they get into it and you realize that that's kind of tacky once you start right. talking yeah. to people in the industry and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of shady." Right. And then you go to the shows and they say no blood, no guts, no gory right. stuff. Let's, you know, it's got to be tasteful. So you learn that, and I'm like, oh, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That's one I won't post online. It'll be a cool mount and a beautiful job and really actually artistic okay. and kind of neat and add some flair yeah. to it. But in the end result, you're going to look around the side of that deer and see blood and an arrow on it, and it's just, you know. Which not, is funny. Not, not in the best of taste. It's not but my favorite. Yeah. Which, which is funny that, that hunters get portrayed as, like, these gory, like, Oh, just killing deer and leaving them there. But like, you go to like taxidermy and shit. Like, dude, no blood or guts. Like, it's just. But have you seen yeah. the mounts where it's like a coyote eating a yeah. deer? Yeah, <sighs> it's cool, but it's kind of weird. Like, why would you want to glorify that? Yeah. I don't know. I get it. I get it's you know it takes an extreme amount of talent and everything to make that look right. I've seen some African animals that some best in the world guys have done, and they actually take the stomachs of like. You know, they have like a lion eating an impala or something. And right. They'll take the actual stomach of the animal and make a cast of it uh-huh. and then paint that and put it in the mount. And you look at it and you're like, oh, that's a little heavy. But then you get up close and you're like, look at the detail. Yeah, right. That is as real did as they show how the, That's did, awesome. Did so. they show how the stomach acid works on that Chevy <laughs> logo or what? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think we're going to wrap this episode yeah. up. We were trying to get to trail cameras. Maybe we'll do another episode. Yeah, okay, maybe we will. Um, but yeah, that's just a little insight. Think about tax for me a little bit, guys. This season, um, you know, it doesn't. It seems like hunting season's far away, but it's really right around the corner. Honestly, yeah, it really is. Um, but yeah, like we said earlier, like I'm going to be doing some traveling. Um, but every now and then, you'll have an episode with just uh, Steve and Eric, or Steve, Eric, and Mark. Um, so I hope they don't miss me too much, but we'll we'll keep you taken care of here. The sh- the show will move on. <laughs> oh um, man, this show's gonna all of a sudden it's like ah we forgot to talk about honey in a bunch of episodes. <laughs> yeah, don't let that happen. So guys, when Steve doesn't, <laughs> when I'm gone and Steve takes it somewhere else besides hunting, I want emails to the work, working class bow hunter <laughs> at mm-hmm. gmail dot com because I get those emails. <laughs> and I'll see and I'll know when I'm out of town that my Don't boys are slapping on me. Maybe I can drop in for an episode. Yeah, yeah there you keep go. Stevie Mark, Mark's keeping the Mark's the bullwhip right <laughs> yeah. here. Ma- oh, yeah, Mark's going to be the supervisor as I'm hey, gone. Hey, Kurt, guess <laughs> what Steve did? Yeah. yeah right, you're going to get pounded. I'm going to take your lunch money. <laughs> yeah. When I'm in Brazil, no contact anyone back in America here. I'm going to have to be like, yo, hey, uh. Get that podcast going, boys. Oh, dude, are you going to have Wi-Fi down there? Should. Hey, can we translate it to Portuguese so when you can listen to it down there, you can let the I can get Brazilians, all the hey, listen to this. <laughs> Check this out, man. <laughs> you ever heard of Working Class Bohan? What if they're like, yeah, I love that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would been awesome. we got to look at how many downloads we have in Brazil. Probably yeah, none. Yeah, probably I'm going to make sure we get one or two when what we're down a there. White, <laughs> yeah, what's a white-tailed deer? No, no. <laughs> I wonder what they have. I don't know anything about Brazil. I need to do some research before I go. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited about it. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to miss the the podcast while I'm gone but and drinkable water we know 
<laughs> I drink a bowl of water. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you learned a little, and that got you thinking about your next mount. What? You're going to say it. No, I don't. I don't know what you're going to do. No, you're going to say it. Go shoot your bow. You're going to say it. <laughs> Go shoot your bow, guys. Ah. Love you. <laughs>